0: but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to buryyourgold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Hey, everybody. Dave Hodges here, host of The Common Sense Show. We are the show that is freeing America, one enslaved mind at a time. And we're going to ask you right now in these times of profound ignorance but also equally dangerous times, to share these broadcasts and broadcasts of other people like our guest Doug Thornton share his show share other shows and the reason why is because we got to wake people up you know don't preach to the choir folks preach to those who need to hear this because the only way I think we have a chance to survive is if we have collective unity on our side and I'm going to say this is a lead into our conversation with Doug in Ukraine what we are seeing Uh, Yes, they're neo-Nazis. No, we don't have a treaty alliance. They're a very corrupt government. Absolutely. Uh, Zelensky sabotaged Trump. Absolutely. That's all true. That's all true. But, and here's the big but, these people are united. Almost across the board, they're united. There's a Twitter feed out there where uh, one of the men wasn't obeying the conscription rule didn't have his uniform on. He got stopped at a civilian checkpoint, ran for his life, and they gunned him down. It's on Twitter. And um, they're, they're united. They have college students that are building roadside bombs, Molotov cocktails. Liquor stores are being uh, shifted into production factories for bombs and Molotov cocktails. They are united, and we need to do the same thing, so please share. Before we join uh, Doug Thornton, our guest, a.k.a. Wrecker from the past, uh, I want to remind you that if Ukraine has taught us anything, that many of these people had to flee their village, their home, with the clothes on their back. And so what I'm telling you is you've got to have a bug-out bag. Well, MPS has that four-week emergency kit. Easy to grab, easy to take, and you're going to have it with you. So we're really stressing that you have one of those four-week emergency pack. There's $50 off, and you know the details. We've told you many, many times. It's restaurant quality. It tastes good. I mean, I've tasted it. I could live on this. A lot of storable food tastes like garbage, and this doesn't. 2,000 calories per day. And so you need that. But you also need to go long-term storage, too, if you have to hunker down. Bob Griswold says you need to have two Years of food. FEMA and DHS are on record six months. There are some um, preppers out there that say a year. Most of you don't have three days. And I'm not being pejorative here, folks. are insulting. That's just what the data tells us. Now, our audience may be a little above the curve, and i suspect we would be, but you need to store as well as have bug out. You also need water filtration. In the fifth day of a water crisis, or excuse me, a prolonged crisis, the Naval War College has said the number one cause of death is waterborne illness and uh, if you're really good at have those 50 gallon drums and knowing the pH balance and how to balance all those chemicals to purify you know what I have that and I'll tell you something I still wouldn't drink out of it without purifying it with a water filtration device I wouldn't you're taking too big a chance and so you need to have these and as Bob Griswold likes to say when it comes to these devices two is one and one is none you need multiple we have three and you may have to scavenge for water from swimming pools, lakes, streams, and rain runoff, snow cap runoff, wherever you're located. And you're going to need to have more than one. And that's just the reality of the situation. The Alexa Pure Pro water filter has research published at WaterWithDave.com, and the companies that prepared, they're prepared well, they're compared to. And I'm not going to mention the names, but they're household names. Uh, their purification rate is rated higher by independent testers, and they have a sale. And they will run out because they've run out before for two months when the pandemic started and people started buying it. I'm telling you, folks, the days for getting your prepping material are almost to an end. So we've taken two spots here, two commercial spots. We've combined into one, and I'll just repeat, preparewithdave.com is for the food. Waterwithdave.com is for the water filtration device, the Alexa Pro water filter. And I'm warning you. You do not fulfill these needs at your own peril. Food, water, guns, gold, ammo, natural medicine, tools, communication, and a little bit more. But those are your basic essentials. We're hitting your two biggest ones right here. You don't think this could happen here? (laughs) Uh, Think again. Think again. Doug, welcome to the show, my friend. We have uh, a lot to talk about. Let me give you a lead-in here. Um, Russia has a plethora of oil and they're exporting it like crazy thanks to Biden's non-action against the oil and non-action to compete with their oil here in this country. Um, But they have all the oil they need. How the hell are Russian tanks running out of gas on roads leading to a battlefield?
1: Well, Dave, before we get on that part, I'd like to say, uh, for one, thanks for uh, having me on. You bet. Uh, And two, we are 100 weeks... Two presidents, over seven trillion dollars, three jabs, a shredded constitution, an internal rebellion, and soon to be World War Three into stopping the spread.
0: <laughs> yeah. So fifteen days is, to flatten Putin.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is just great to be alive, man. I thought I would have died ten years ago. Uh but you know what? Here we are. And why is it that Russia is Limiting their supply lines for refilling their tanks. Well, this is my theory. Okay, and this is just strictly my theory. Uh, as you know, I am a veteran, so I have been in these, uh, these types of environments where you're fighting in urban, uh, combat. And, you know, in the Marine Corps, we had something that General Krulak, you know, former USMC General Krulak, created, which was called the Three Block War. And we'll get into that here in a little bit, but, uh The thing that our military did very well compared to what's happening right now, if I'm correct, is that we logistically were prepared for an invasion. We had phase lines, and with every phase line, uh as you crossed and all the commanders would get together, all the platoon leaders and platoon commanders and company commanders would get together and go, okay, everybody's fine. We've back-cleared our way to this phase line. There's no one left alive behind us. Now we're going to continue to push forward to the next phase line. That's not really what we're seeing with Ukraine. There's really no efficacy here to this invasion. They're seizing strategic territories and points on the map, but not very well compared to what you would think a uh, professional superpower military would do. Now, this is my theory based off of scouring the internet like everyone else is doing right now trying to find any type of video evidence. I have seen over and over and over again of crews from tanks, tank tankmen, uh, that are being captured some way, somehow, by the Ukrainian military or by the Ukrainian police, and they're saying that they were told that what was happening was a training event, and then they got into Ukraine, and then they were told now it's live, which is the only thing that really makes sense to an extent. Now, there are plenty of rooms for, for, uh, you know, interpretation here, but it makes sense to that level because. What happened to the supply lines? Where are the logistical trains that should be falling behind tanks? When The way our military used it, especially in Iraq. When we moved through a city, if you had tanks well, to your left and right flank and to the rear of that tank, because no one goes in front of the main gun, you have infantry. What we call dismounted infantry. And we are the flanking uh, the left and right laterals that we were protecting these tanks because of any type of indirect fire that can come from the enemy from, uh, you know, the second and third story where the tank can't see. And we are the ones who are going to be flushing that out. We're going to be the ones who are going to be going in and out of houses or in and out of apartments, in and out of hotels, clearing as much as we can as we move forward. But you slowly move forward unless you're trying to quickly get to an objective. You slowly move forward because every step that you take that you don't then back clear, and back clearing is literally you turn back around and make sure there is no one just left behind. That's where the guy with the grenade lies. That's where the, the trap door with the, the Haji with the RPG was. That's where the, the complex ambush would come from. Or that's why, you know, with your fixed bayonets or with your with your muzzles, you would dead check the bodies. You know, If there are dead bodies everywhere, I want to make sure it is a dead body and I would go and you know we would check to make sure that, that they are actually dead, not playing possum. What is happening in Ukraine is not what the American military did in Iraq and Afghanistan. Now, we're not the same militaries. But you cannot tell me that the Russian military was not observing and paying attention to how we fought warfare in a guerrilla a anti guerrilla warfare, an anti insurgency warfare, what we called coin ops, counterinsurgency warfare, and that they didn't take notes in practice upon that. This is what's so odd, is I'm seeing one tank out in a city by itself. That's a sitting duck. That's why tanks are being destroyed, which they are, by our javelin missiles, but it does not make sense. Now either Ukraine is just amazing at guerrilla warfare and we're really beefed up with U.S. Uh, military arms. Or the Russians are not really there to invade like we thought, like the media says, like the politicians say. If Dave, if Russia wants Ukraine, they're going to send their entire military... And they're going to destroy Ukraine. They're going to carpet bomb. They're going to strategically bomb. They're going to target with missile strikes and drone strikes, uh, fast wing uh, attack strikes where they're not just going to be hovering above the ground from their, uh, assault helicopters or their, excuse me, their attack helicopters and be shot down. You know, this is, this is not the way you wage a war. It's, it's a blitzkrieg. It's fast. It's direct. It's shock and awe. Uh, You're taking down the power. You're leveling out the playing field. You always want to make sure that you have the advantage, not the people that you're invading, not the city that you're coming to take down. You want all the advantage. It's already scary enough to drive into a city where people are going to be dropping grenades on top of you, shooting from the sixth, seventh story, and you know for a fact that you can't climb up those stairs fast enough. The stairs may be booby-trapped. Sometimes a lot of times they were. Uh, or the stairs were destroyed so that you couldn't get up top. You just had to you know, drop a JDAM on the building. That's not what we're seeing. So it tells me that Russia is fighting the Ukrainians because the Ukrainians are fighting Russia. Russia, and I'm not a Russian apologist. I'm just calling it as I'm seeing it because this is a bizarre way to have warfare. Russia is trying to capture strategic targets of whatever value. Could it be for Biden's laptops and Burisma and the COVID biolab? Sure, let's just throw all that out there. It could be any of those. But if you're going to strategically take targets, you're not going to be soft. We always hear, Dave, about how brutal the Russians are. I talk about how brutal the Russians are. We know how brutal the mafia is and the oligarchs. Why are we not seeing this brutality out of the military now there has been brutality we're seeing brutality from ukrainians on ukrainians we're seeing brutality from ukrainians on russians and russians on ukraine it's almost like a civil war between russia and ukraine right now but there is obviously rains being pulled on the russian military dave with the type of arsenals that they have from uh attack helicopters their their fast wings, or fast movers, uh, the artillery, spetsnaz, you know, you name it. They have it. Why isn't it being used to such a level of devastation that everyone said it would be? Kiev should be grounded right now. There shouldn't be a building standing if it was such a hornet's nest of a war zone. Or are they pulling their troops back and not letting them go into That said, war zone because it's just a giant ambush, there's too many unanswered questions there. The thing that I can't kid over is that tanks are running out of gas. How in the hell are tanks running out of gas? Our tanks didn't run out of gas. Our APCs didn't run out of gas. Now, during Desert Storm, maybe a few times here or there, okay, it might have happened. But it's too easy, while your offensive force is moving forward, that's your light assault vehicles, your medium assault vehicles, your heavy assault vehicles, your troop carriers, amphibious troop carriers. Uh, then you have your uh, your aircraft that should be spontaneously going around and inserting troops. Uh, you have your tanks that are moving in. You should be also moving in under some sort of fire, like artillery fire. Where is all that? We're not seeing it. This is a different type of war. It's almost like if Russia is actually trying to preserve... A lot of Ukraine, instead of just going through and annihilating cities like what we did in in Iraq, you know, it's it's completely different, and it's not like the Ukrainians aren't armed to the teeth. It's not like they don't have the Javelin missiles. It's not like they don't they didn't just get eighteen thousand different military style weapons dumped onto the civilian populace who half know how to do it, and a small portion of it are professional criminals that are using it upon other Ukrainians. This is this is strange. The other part that's strange.
0: With Dave.com, that's waterwithdave.com save $80 for a short time
1: about this is that this is a counterinsurgency war they are fighting the Ukrainian military but where are we seeing the fighting happening where's the video where's the embedded reporter there's so much disinformation from Moscow and from Kiev and from here in the United States that under the fog of war you can't really get your claws into it and I have viewers from my show that are inundating me with questions and I mean just I I love the people who listen to my show because they are are sending me so much information I've sent a lot of it to you they're sending me so much information that they're scouring the internet for but there's so much out there that just is not what the media is telling us it's not what the UN is telling us it's not what NATO is telling us If it was such a horrific war, why isn't NATO stepping in? If it's such a horrific war, why hasn't the UN stepped in? If it was such a horrific war, why have we not sent our military in and created at least a no-fly zone? There are answers to these questions. I believe, and and we'll, we'll see what you say, but I believe it's because they want to preserve Ukraine. They don't want to destroy evidence that's there. They want to <laughs> seize evidence because it is more detrimental to overthrow Zelensky, who's not a good guy, to overthrow Zelensky, to seize whatever evidence that is there that can use as blackmail and say, Hey look, all this evidence came out. Not that many people died. You know, obviously there's there are plenty of people who died so far, but I think they're after Evidence more than they are trying to conquer another nation. What say you?
0: That's interesting. Um, one thing that I know, and I covered this extensively in 2015, the year before the presidential election, and actually including into the 2016, Obama had many people from his administration bring over Ukrainian prosecutors and train them how to prosecute Burisma and Rosemont Seneca corruption without ensnaring American politicians or family members. And people say, oh, come on, Dave, I I published the itinerary. I had their flight number. I had their arrival, what airport, what hotels these seminars were in, and who the administration official was, and the topic of what they were talking about. There's no question this happened, and it was Obama laying interference because you think Hillary's going to get elected in 2016, but you damn well better be sure because that administration did not want to go to prison. So going back to what you're saying here, I think you're probably right in your assertions here and what you're saying. They're after something. Now, to believe what you're believing, you'd have to say, okay, if Putin wants to grab evidence from the... I'm going to say this, too, and then I'll combine the two together. Um, I've been saying this since 2014. I said bioweapons in the form of most likely a virus uh went into Ukraine from various locations in the United States including Fort Detrick and they were at BioLabs in Ukraine and went through final alteration and some of them if not all of them went on Air Force 2 with Hunter Biden into China and as many people have pointed out to me who know this same story that the crew has all been assassinated oh they call it suicide but they've all been assassinated so there's major, major things to cover up there. The gain of function research may have been done in China, and I suspect it was, but the essential elements of the crime were sent out of Ukraine. And then you've got Rosemont Seneca and Burisma tied into this venture and many other forms of corruption involving Hunter Biden, Mitt Romney. Paul Pelosi, um, these people, and I'm talking, I think it's Paul Pelosi, the son of Nancy Pelosi, the stepson of John Kerry, um, all these people have been named in this. Now, if Putin's goal is to obtain biolab evidence, and I would believe he'd have the wherewithal to have the intelligence to know about this, and if his goal is to obtain legal paperwork, then that means he's exposing the Democratic Party, Okay, going back into the Obama days, and with the present administration as well. And I believe that because right now, since 2014 to right now, the Democrats have tried to provoke a war against Russia, starting in Syria. Hillary Clinton said, and I quote in debate number two against Donald Trump when they were running for president, She said, in Syria, I will enact a no-fly zone, which basically, in effect, meant war with Russia, and we would have had to have shot down Russian airplanes by the commander-in-chief, Hillary Clinton, issuing that order. So, to me, well, Putin, by the way, said this. when. Trump won the election. If Hillary had won, he'd have launched a first strike. People weren't sure how to interpret that. Was it hyperbole? And I said, no, it was not hyperbole because she threatened war with Russia. So when I look at all these factors combined, Doug, what we're saying is Putin would like to see a leadership similar to Trump, if not Trump. And he wants his leadership gone, and he's willing to frame them on an international scale. And um, he believes he's going to be forced into a war he cannot win. And this is why I believe he's doing what he's doing. So I think we're pretty much in agreement on this.
1: Well, this is what's, this is what's interesting to me. Is that the same people telling you that Russia is committing genocide, uh, that is threatening Ukraine with nukes are the same people that told you that there were weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. And and like you said earlier in this broadcast, if Putin was interested in maximizing civilian casualties, there wouldn't be two stones together in Ukraine and the capital city right now.
1: No. And look, let me let me give a comparison of the way, if this was truly happening, I, I can only give you my comparison from my experiences in the Marine Corps. All right? which I think uh, should hold merit in the way this is happening with the invasion of Ukraine. Uh, we have the three-block war, and then you have a four-block war. That's the way the Marine Corps for decades have fought. Now, in a three-block war, Marines may be required to conduct a full-scale military action, a peacekeeping or policing operations, and a humanitarian aid within the space of three contiguous city blocks. So on one block, we could be in a full-scale fight with uh, insurgents. On the next, we're trying to keep the peace. And on the next, we are bringing in humanitarian aid. But there's another block there, which is a new development, which is called the fourth block. Now, the fourth block... ...is a full-scale nation-state war with the expectation, if not the guarantee, that such a war would require a multi-year effort. Because look what happened in Iraq, look what happened in Afghanistan. When you fight an insurgency, it's not over in a week, it's not over in a couple days. It's a multi-year generational fight. The 4th Block Littoral Force, would, and this is what the Marine Corps is wanting now... They're saying must be manned with mature, fit, intelligent, and superbly trained infantry equipped with precision weapons, connected to a MAGTAF, which is a Marine Air Ground uh, Task Force, which means from the Navy to the ground to the air, we are all in communication with each other, along with the fleet, and as necessary to carry out the mission. Uh, on reliable transports in the, in the air, sea, or possibly surface avenues of approach. Now, historically, if you look at uh, the way we attacked Fallujah and Ramadi, the way we invaded into uh, Afghanistan, that's what we did, and that worked. Now, counterinsurgencies are never pretty. They're not over quickly. I mean, even when we leaflet, leaflet dropped Fallujah, we basically invited people to come fight. Clear the city or this is where we're gonna be on this day to push through. Like I said, but we went through phase lines. And with every phase line we stopped, you know, we would recon order our way up or sometimes recon by fire to see who's gonna be firing back at us, and that worked. You cannot tell me that the Russian military doesn't have access to the internet, doesn't have access to TV, and that they weren't observing on the ground how we fought in Syria. How we fought in uh Libya, you know how we fought it throughout uh, the parts of you know Central America south america uh Africa, there are too many different observations of how the u s military fights and how well and efficient it is that they would not then just copycat us that's what i'm saying none of this makes sense. It makes more sense to me that Russia is trying to uh, Trying to obtain some sort of evidence that shows that blackmails the Biden administration, the Obamas, the Clintons to show the world how dirty they are. Not saying Putin is like a savior or anything. Putin's not you know, the greatest of guys. The KGB will torture you and your family to death. But there is a goal here. They want to remain in power. Putin wants to remain in power. He has like a $100 billion business with the Nord Stream. So he doesn't want to lose that. But if he does not gain a foothold in Ukraine, if he does not get a regime change that is complementary to him, that then assists him his endeavors, either the oligarchs will have him removed or the New World Order will have him removed.
0: That's our next point of contention, (laughs) friendly contention. Um, Doug and I were speaking the other night on the phone at some length, and we decided to do this special broadcast of the Doug and Dave Intel Report. And um, Doug believes that New World Order forces will take out Putin. I think it's oligarchs and pro-national. Doug, you go first.
1: So I think it's going to be the new world order, all right? Now, let's not toe the conspiracy line too far with this, but the way I say the new world order is I believe you have a good chance of seeing Russia toppling toppling the KGB, toppling uh Putin which that's going to be hard within itself which means expect a civil war in Russia next by the way yes well and that
0: depends if transition doesn't go smoothly would you agree exactly,
1: with that exactly 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 now i think they'll they will remove him politically uh and they will invite him to step down if he doesn't it'll be civil war and then he'll be forced to be a Saddam or he'll be like Libya and how many times have I said this then? Could you imagine Russia, nuclear armed, crazy Russia under total civil war, the military not following orders, oligarchs and their and their mafias are fighting the military and the police, the police are fighting the civilians and the oligarchs and the military, and then people start to get a hold of nukes, how long and and then and then say, Oh, look at what they just did to Ukraine and look at how much they threatened the world how long would it take the world to say we need a dependent, reliable source from Nord Stream 2 to supply Europe, we cannot lose control of that, we're going to step in and help stabilize by toppling Putin and this is the build up for it and I think Putin may have had a either a heads up that this was happening or it's just by happenstance that that's what will happen next because otherwise, none of this makes sense Otherwise, it does not make sense to then invade into Ukraine and to know for a fact, you cannot tell me Putin knew for a fact, and he said it, I know that I'm going to be sanctioned to the point that the ruble will mean nothing to the rest of the economy of the world. That's why he aligned with China and the BRICS nations so the ruble can still be traded. He's got that taken care of. Now, Germany says we don't need Nord Stream 2. Ha ha, we'll see for how long whenever I cut off the power. You will be brought to the negotiation table, along with France. 60% and 70% France and Germany get heating oil and other power from Russia, along with the rest of Europe. We're getting oil through OPEC from Europe, or from Russia. So it does not make sense, monetarily, geopolitically, to then invade your neighbor, that you have so much historically aligned to when wouldn't it have been better, Dave, to shower your enemy or, or your your long-lost cousin of a state with roses and chocolates and champagne and say, hey, look, we'll roll out the red carpet, we'll we'll plant flowers on every highway, just let us back into the infrastructure, and then we can trade, we'll help you with this, we'll help you with that, Belt and Road Project through China, everything will be
0: Ladies and gentlemen, right now go to mypillow.com backslash Hodges. Use the coupon code Hodges to take advantage of these great opportunities. Mypillow.com backslash Hodges, coupon code
1: Hodges. Peachy. Or.
0: Yeah, makes sense.
1: Or I'm going to invade. I'm going to look like a complete ass on the world stage. I'm going to have a black eye from it. And then people are going to want my head. He's almost 70. Why does Putin want to go out in a flaming. Glory, which nuclear flames would be really the option there, or not write out your life peacefully. You know, if if Putin was a bloodthirsty uh, war monger, we would have war from Russia all over the world. But he stepped in in Libya to stabilize Libya. He <laughs> stepped in in Syria to stabilize Syria and Al Assad from ISIS who is an American-backed, created, terrorist organization. So, I'm not saying Putin is the savior or the best example of what to have besides the New World Order. The Russians want their own thing. And if they align with China, well, then you're part of the problem as well. But there are factions here, and Steve Quill would say that there are families that are fighting for control.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, that's the oligarch power. In Russia, that's the oligarchs. Well, okay, let's talk about what South America said about uh, Ukraine and their leadership in the last two days. They have said, we support Russia because they're fighting against neo-Nazis in Ukraine. Okay, and that is true. That is true. It was a neo-Nazi regime that we left in power. Thank you, Obama. Um. (laughs) Okay, but uh, the bottom line is, that doesn't answer the problem for Russia. What is Russia? Um, Russia and Putin have historically rejected the New World Order. They have, in fact, uh, um, Rothschild can't even go into Russia now. He's prohibited from going on Russian territory. So I I, I think they're pro-nationalist. I think they're trying to go with as much as they can alone. And I think a coup against Putin will be a coup that destabilizes the Russian state, will be the motivation. I don't think it's going to be to further New World Order control over Russia. Although I'll agree with you, your explanation is very plausible. But I, I still see these oligarchs being tied to their businesses, their corrupt banks, their uh, oil industry and they don't want to share it with the globalists so i think a move to take out putin would be to preserve the stability of the russian state not one to invite the uh, em- the banking empire into russia to control it
1: i would i would say to never underestimate the depravity of man people will wage genocide to keep their fortune, to keep their empire, their own little financial empires, especially the oligarchs. And I would see entities like the oligarchs being pressured by the globalists to take care of the globalist uh, rabid dog, which is Putin. Not calling him a rabid dog, but that's how they view him. And you have to take into consideration... Ukraine from 1999 to 2014 gave 10 million dollars to the Clinton Foundation. They laundered money for Obama, for the Clintons, uh, for Adam Schiff, uh, for uh, obviously Biden. You know, uh, and it, there's there's so much there to unpack, and you're not ever going to be allowed to truly investigate that as an independent free journalist, as long as there's a war going on. And they, they fear truth more than they fear genocide. They are willing to genocide so that truth can't be let out. We have to take into consideration that when George Soros and Klaus Schwab and Hillary and Obama and Biden and Condoleezza Rice and Nancy Pelosi and all the bad actors say I stand with Ukraine all I know is Dave is that whatever those people stand for I do not I can't I am not morally or ethically aligned with the Democrats I don't want war I want peace I don't want abortion they want child slaughter so whenever these people tell me it's for the best interest of you and me and the world, they are telling you, it is for the best interest of our control over you that you let us do a regime change in Libya. That you let us invade Iraq. That you let us do X, Y, and Z. It it does not. Look at Canada. Trudeau is saying that he stands with the people of Ukraine to support their freedom, but he will be a dictator of Canada. The world is coming down on Russia because they are nuclear armed they do their own thing. they're a Christian nation, albeit the orthodoxy Christian. I don't really understand it, but you know the the horsetail and the holy water and the funny hats the, it looks cool, but at least they say they're a Christian nation, even if you know quasi or not who am i to to you know to go down that route but I know for a fact. Hillary Clinton and all the others I just named to include communist China are vehemently against freedom and Christianity. And if Putin is standing up for any of that even if it's only for his people in Russia then I have to take a 30,000 foot view and go hold on. When all the people around the world that we say are the New World Order globalist satanic elite say attack this one nation there's a reason for that. They're scared of that nation. They're not scared militarily of Russia. If Russia's actual military force is comparable to what's happening in Ukraine, Mexico could take over Russia then. The cartels would wipe Russia off the map. But I know, and you know, that is not true. There is an element of, I, I don't know, just, just not not the violent nature that I expect out of a war that's happening in Ukraine. If Russia wants Ukraine, it would be leveled right now. They would go from one phase line to another and annihilate every structure that possibly could be a avenue of approach. Where there's a threat, they're going to clear their way through it. But that's not what's happening. It's not. They're taking over. They're taking over airports instead of bombing them completely. They're just trying to take them over. And you know, like I said. Where are the retaliatory attacks from this brutal dictator? Where are the people being lined up against the fence and shot? Where is the evidence of that? There is none. We're getting videos and we're getting photos from mainstream media from events that happened two to five years ago. And they're replaying or they're reusing old footage. So obviously there is inaccuracy within the reporting it's not that there's inaccuracy within the fighting the fighting is happening but it's a narrative that they have to build what I'm waiting on is the genocide the quote genocide to be taking place I'm waiting on Russia to then be bulldozing bodies into into shallow graves and you know that's what I'm waiting on but it's not happening I don't think that's who Vladimir Putin is. I'm not saying he's not capable of it. I'm saying I think Vladimir Putin is smart enough to not buy the bait of what they are wanting. Hey, the State Department head of Ukraine is saying everyone and your mother go out and get armed and make Molotov cocktails and drop them on top of the tanks. Who in the hell gives that type of military advice? Certainly not someone who's military. Because you don't get out there and broadcast your plans as a guerrilla force of how to take down the military that's invading you, because now we know. You put it on Twitter, you idiot. Everybody knows. And by the way, we're coming for you now, because you said for all this to happen. If those tanks are going to roll right through any of that, and tanks don't travel you know, just one tank... Uh, you know, down the avenue of approach by itself normally tanks travel in teams, two tanks at a time, with some sort of, you know, dismounted infantry around them. I believe that is what's happening. I think uh, there's a a 30 mile column of vehicles that are supposed to be heading to Kiev should be there uh, by this morning. But where is the violence? There is none. I'm not saying there's not violence, but the level of violence that the people around the world are saying that's happening does not really appear to be what they're saying. If it was that bad, the U.N. would be in there. If it was that detrimental, NATO would be activated. Article 5 would be happening. we got to control Putin because once he's done with Ukraine, he's going straight into Poland. But where's that happening? What about the rumor of Border Patrol, United States Border Patrol, being deployed to Poland to help with the people migrating across? There's so many rumors out there. There's so much, I guess you could say, misinformation, disinformation, malinformation, that's being floated that no one really knows the truth. And if anything, that is perfect. Continue to let this maelstrom of tactical misinformation happen and no one will know. You know why is it that people can still make cell phone calls in Kiev why is it that the internet's not shut off if I was going to invade you would not be able to put out anything if I was going to invade there would be smoke and fire in that city but it's not happening they're after something and it's not conquering they're on a conquest they they are obviously out there on their way to a to get some sort of an achievable goal but it's not the overall conquest of Ukraine I'm not saying I believe it's a peacekeeping mission, I think it was rolled in as a peacekeeping mission and then obviously they got met by guerrilla fire and now it just has morphed into what it is, but there's a level of restraint that is happening now I've seen some atrocities I saw uh, a man, at least in his 70s or 80s, be ran over by a tank indiscriminately, and that was horrible. horrible. I, I think he lived. Uh, from the video, from what I saw, he lived. But, you know, I don't know it's, it's, it's just strange to me that all the Democrats who said that Ukraine is the most corrupt government in the world, is now saying they're there to support Ukraine, but they still won't put sanctions on Nord Stream 2.
0: Don't look... Yeah, exactly. There you go. Don't look for non-hypocrisy or consistency here oh we have to defend democracy well they're not a democracy we have to defend their borders while we ignore our own and the cartels flowing across and terrorists are flowing across child sex traffickers are flowing across our southern border so there's no consistency here oh we're going to stop by biden we're going to stop we're going to stop russia oh yeah well he won't do the one thing that needs to be done which is embargo their oil, get the other nations to do the same thing, while you ramp up oil production here to minimize the pain at home. No, he'd rather sacrifice the country to the cult of climate change than he would to stop the Third World War.
1: Well, let's, let's take Tucker Carlson and his comment that he made at CPAC. He said, Ukraine is not our vital ally. And they're not. They never have been. He said, we have no legal or moral obligation to defend Ukraine's territorial integrity, even as we surrender our own to the rest of the world. Ukraine is not even a democracy, despite what Joe Biden endlessly claims, which today, through an emergency act, finally, Zelensky is asking to be part of the UN. Yes. Now, he said Ukraine is a corrupt Eastern European autocracy that has spent millions of dollars lobbying lobbying politicians in Washington, which is true. They made stupid mistakes, and it's cost them now. Russia can no longer afford this to go on. Now, Dave, let's get a little conspiratorial. Could Russia be grabbing a hold of Ukraine now because – Putin knows Biden is not going to be in office for very long. Kamala won't be there either. And someone replaces them. And they need a buffer zone from NATO. Well, that
0: someone will be Hillary Clinton. Listen, here's your scenario. This is, uh, to me, I've thought this through. And this is the only thing that makes any sense at this time. Um, You have Biden resigned 25th. Kamala moves in. Hillary is appointed vice president. Some people say Michelle Obama. No way. No experience. People won't accept that. <clears throat> There's Hillary. Now Kamala will step down. And the reason she will. And I published this when the event happened. So this isn't something I'm making up now, folks. You go back and check the uh, Obama and Jesse Smollett are good friends. Obama didn't want to get his hands dirty. He went to Kamala to set up the fake race attack. Kamala has her hands dirty all over this. And I know from inside a portion of the legal team, and I can't say any more than that for obvious reasons, but I know this is true. This has been speculated by people, but I know for a fact it's true on the inside. And one of my sources is State Department. This is not a secret. Obama had his hands dirty but he didn't have to get contaminated by involvement in this fake race attack this is the leverage to take Kamala Harris down she will resign and Pete Buttigieg will be appointed to be the vice president that's that's the way I'm getting it and that's the thing that makes the most sense now Hillary Clinton I'll go back to what I said earlier 2016 debate number two with Donald Trump I'll form a no-fly zone in Syria, meaning war with Russia. There's your war. She's your princess of war. She'll be the enforcer of the NDAA domestically. She will declare martial law. We will have FEMA camps. Everything Obama did to set up a dictator state, a police state, a genocidal state against dissidents... Obama set up for her legislative, executive orders 13603 for example the NDAA snatch and grab you off the street no due process, we just have to say you're a terrorist and they're setting up for it right now within DHS when you're seeing documents inside DHS that they publish on their website and Trojan horse Tulsi Gabbard even quoted from it when they said if you're going against the government basically you are a domestic terrorist they're setting up for this purge right now that will take place under Hillary Clinton. And Obama laid the groundwork for what should have been the 2016 purge. In fact, uh, I've said many times, Obama was the 8th inning setup guy, to borrow a baseball phrase, and Hillary was to be the ninth inning closer. But along came Donald Trump. Now, <laughs> they're in extra innings. And Hillary, once again, is being planned to be the closer. And you know, Doug, I have written on this time and time again. Since Hillary was defeated, I said, she's not done. They're going to look for a way to reinstall her. You know I've said that over and over.
1: Absolutely. And let me give you a working theory of mine that I I pray to God I am absolutely wrong. And I, I more than likely am. But it's something that I've been rolling around in my mind I don't like the thought of it, but it's plausible. We want war with Russia. We have all the bad stuff coming out about COVID and how Moderna and Pfizer and all these other groups have been working on COVID. Uh, Even the gene sequencing of Pfizer, I believe, was found in COVID. And this is starting to slowly, quietly come out into the news. And I've always said, When the Democrats are in in any type of trouble or problem, a war will start, or an excuse for it. I think there's a probability, a very low hope to God I'm completely wrong, that the Freedom Convoy for America will set up a false flag excuse for martial law, for civil war, for war with Russia... And you can very easily put something like a dirty bomb or a nuclear bomb into an 18-wheeler, move it across the country, mm-hmm. make it be a Russian driver or whoever you need it to be, and then explode that somewhere near D.C. And now we have just checked all the boxes.
0: Yeah, Steve Quayles on board with you with this too. Okay. He thinks it's a trap, but I heard news this not tonight that the convoy has fizzled out. Have you heard well,
1: that? Well, I'm following it on the on social media and it's all over the place. It's it's not it's not yet what we saw in Canada. Uh that's because there's multiple factions leading this and I don't think they're all talking to each other. That's just my observation. But don't forget on January 6th FEMA led a research and training uh seminar that directly goes over What to do when a nuclear bomb, not a dirty bomb, but a nuclear bomb is detonated in the United States in a major metropolitan city? That's true. Why would you ever come out with that? Why would you even announce it to the world? This is, and and I, I don't know why, but I always believe that there is like a narrative, a story that's wrote, and they have to follow it by the script. And this is the script that we're seeing. And right now within my own show on American Vendicta, I have a Red Dawn series, and right now I'm in the middle of connecting dots. And me connecting dots is going from war in Russia and Ukraine, toppling Russia, the oil crisis. Oil is about to reach $7 in America nationwide, by the way. Uh, then we have our own version of a civil war in Canada, we're going to have our own version of a civil war in America. You can have the nuclear nuclear detonation. One, two, or three, doesn't matter how many. One is all it takes. And then we're in a permanent martial law, shut down the Internet, power grid goes down, and then you can just write the story however you want. Because, and we've said this before, Bob Griswold agrees with, with me. If Russia wants to reach out and touch America with that ghost-like jab, They hit our power grid. If Russia really wants to affect us, if they really want to even out the war, cut the uh, the underwater transmission lines. But they're not doing it. Russia is not the evil boogeyman that they always say they are. And I'm not saying they're not evil. I'm not saying that they're not capable of being the boogeyman. I think America is way better at it. We've proven it. Hell, we have made a living off of being a warlike nation. That is our economy, as me and you were talking about previously. We have a warlike economy. Our economy is tanking. So, what is happening? A war. Who gets Russia? Who divides up all the oligarchs' money? These are the things that are on the t- table if everything plays out correctly. It does not take a military strategist to see this. Just Any one of you listening right now, get you a piece of paper, get you a whiteboard, and start labeling everything that you know that's happening around the world. It's kind of like a pros and cons. Start labeling all the the COVID camps, the the vaccines, uh, all the Russian misinformation. You start throwing all this stuff on the board, and you start going, man, all the main connectors go to American politicians, Democrats, every single time. And then we have the World Economic Forum. And we keep hearing more and more about Klaus Schwab, more and more about the young leaders of the World Economic Forum. And every one of the World Economic Forum's young leaders that's around the world that's installed COVID camps or that has been a tyrant within their own country, Klaus Schwab trained them. Whoever gets in charge of Russia, I believe, will come from the WEF. That's my take. Yeah,
0: I know. You're going globalist on this. Um, To me, I would rank that number two. I still think they're pro-national, but time will tell. I mean, you know, no one knows for sure until we actually get there and see this unravel. But do you think, here's my greatest fear, and we don't have much time, so I just want to get a quick answer on this. Uh, Putin's backed into a corner. It's very clear he's alienated people close to him. The oligarchs can't be happy because they expected a hot knife through butter in Ukraine. That hasn't happened. Um, Does Putin go nuclear because he's desperate?
1: If nuclear weapons are launched by Putin, I believe it would be because of a first strike, not because he wants it. I just don't see it.
0: You don't think he'll do it to... Stay in power or like his final screw you kind of attitude? Yeah.
1: No, because nuclear weapons are not an efficient means of warfare anymore. Scams are. Exposures are. Exposing lies are. Okay, they, so
0: you're saying grid takedown is more likely here in the United States.
1: Uh no, no, no. no. I'm, not, I'm not saying that it's off the table. I'm saying that if Putin wants to get back to the world, expose all the lies from the West to show them what there he's always said they are.
0: There you go. That's that's why he's in Ukraine. I We are in total agreement on that point. Um, we have little time left tell us about your show and how and where they can find it
1: all right so i uh, i am the host of american vindicta you can find me on global star radio we also have american vindicta com. uh we're going to be getting on some other platforms and start doing some video stuff here very recent or very soon uh so check out our show right now we have a i have a red dawn series going on and uh also have another co-host of mine that's on my show aj is a is another uh former cop like me and we have a a show that we do about once every week now we're trying to get it started it's called two cops and a mic and we just did one of a red dawn should be playing tonight that's episode 70 Sounds so right. and on that uh, note my out friend.
0: we're out of time yeah and it's on 11 to 12 eastern and yep. i would suggest you check it out at uh, global star radio network all you got to do is use a search engine to find it doug thanks so much for joining us i'll talk to you soon thanks dave